Good morning, RCC. So glad to see you guys. Great to be back here, by the way. I was just here a couple months ago. It's so good to be back. I want to welcome all of you who are at Wakulla, at Chipley, at Fairhope, at Bluntstown. Hey, by the way, Bluntstown, you guys have been holding out on me because in April, I got to eat at a little place called Paramore's. Why have you not told me about this before? The catfish there was absolutely phenomenal. So uh, I will preach for catfish. I will come back for that. I'm going to be seeing you more at Bluntstown just because of that restaurant. That place was incredible. So glad to have all of you guys with us. And obviously all of you here at Mariana, it's great to be back here as well. Hey, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about something that I think all of us can relate to, whether we're Christian or not, whether you follow Jesus or not. All of us have, and most of us probably are right now in some area of our lives, facing what feels like a life's version of a bottom of the ninth moment. Now, a bottom of the ninth moment is just this. It's when you experience a setback that requires a seemingly impossible comeback. And whether you're a Christian or not, we all deal with them, we all face them, and they're difficult for us all. They're dark for us all. For some of you, you feel like you're down to your last strike emotionally right now. You've been dealing with depression, you've been dealing with anxiety, you have wrestled with it, and it is so dark, and you just don't feel like you can find any light at the end of the tunnel. You've gone to the doctors, you've talked to people, you've been to the therapist, you've tried the medicines, you've done everything you know to do, it's just not getting better. For some of you, it's dealing with having to provide care for elderly parents. And you're at that stage where you love them to death, you're, you're so happy you have the opportunity to do it. But at the same time, it is very, very difficult and very, very draining. And it gets to the point where you think on some days, I just don't know how much longer I can do this. For others of you, it's, you're the parent of a special needs child. And I have so much respect for you. Oh my goodness, you're just incredible with what you do and the way that you love your children. And yet there are some days, and you know this, there are some days where you think, well, this one's hard. I don't know if I've got enough in me to keep going another day. It just feels like a bottom of the ninth moment. You've tried everything you can to help your child, and the doctors say, nope, this is, this is all we can do. It's difficult. For some of you, you're dealing with an addiction, or you have a loved one who's dealing with an addiction. It feels like a bottom of the ninth moment because, you, again, you've tried everything. You've done everything you know to do, and yet it's so hard to break free from that addiction, and you're thinking, I, I just don't know if we're ever going to get out of this. I don't know if we're ever going to have a comeback from this. For some of you, you're dealing with infertility. You feel like you're down to your last strike. You've seen the doctors. You've tried all the treatments. You've done everything you know to do. And this pressure, this, this struggle, this tension, this disappointment that comes with not being able to have a child, it has put so much stress on your marriage. It's put so much stress on your relationship that you feel like you're in one of these bottom of the ninth moments. For some of you, it may have to do with your health, where you're in a situation the doctors have said, okay, there's nothing more we can do. We're not going to be able to, to solve this. We're not going to be able to fix this. We're not going to be able to cure this. 
and you're thinking, I don't know how much longer I can deal with this and keep moving forward. I don't, I don't know what I can navigate and manage my way through this for the rest of my life. It feels like a bottom of the ninth moment for you. For others of you, it's financial. You've got so much debt or you feel so much pressure because you don't have any margin. And you listened to Gray talk last week. If you were here last week, what an incredible message Gray brought. You heard Gray talk last week about having some breathing room and creating some margin in different areas of your life. And you sat there listening to it thinking, yeah, but I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to get there. I don't even think it's possible. I think we're way too far gone. You feel like you're down to your last strike. You feel like there is no hope left for you. For some of you, you're feeling these bottom of the ninth moments relationally. You're feeling it with your marriage. You've done everything you know to do. You've been to counseling. You've talked to people. You've read books. You've listened to sermons. Like you, you, you've tried it all, and nothing seems to improve, and it feels like this marriage is headed for a divorce, and there is no other outcome that's going to be possible. For some of you, it may be you're still dealing with the ramifications from the hurricane that hit. For those of you who were in the areas where that happened, that is so difficult. It's difficult financially. It's difficult to, to rebuild materially, but come on, it, it's difficult emotionally, isn't it? For some of you, you just felt like you lost your sense of certainty, safety, security, and you're not sure you're ever going to get it back. You're wondering, when's normal going to return? Normal just hasn't returned. It just feels like you're down to your last strike. You're not sure if you can make it much longer. For some of you, this is felt spiritually. And what I mean by that is just this. You have reached a point where every single day you wake up and you feel like there is no purpose. You feel like there is no meaning. You feel like there is no significance. And you have begun to wonder, does anybody care? Does anybody care? Does the church care? Do my friends care? Does God care? If he does, where is he in all of this? And you have gotten to the point where you have had thoughts, and you don't want to admit this to anybody. As a matter of fact, it scares you to death. But you have gotten to the point where you have had the thought, I just don't know if it's worth going on anymore. You've started to think thoughts about ending your life and just being done with it all. Here's the thing. All of us reach points in our lives. We're in different areas and in different ways. Whether you're a Christian or not, we face life's version of bottom of the ninth moments. We, we face these setbacks that just seem so permanent and that require a seemingly impossible comeback. We just don't think it's going to happen. And the emotion for all of us, this is what's so great about this, I guess. The emotion for all of us, Christian or not, follower of Jesus or not, it doesn't matter. We all have a common emotion. In these moments, we all feel like we are down and out. And even worse, we're full of doubt. We're consumed by doubt. And the reason this is such a dangerous place to be is because when you're down and out and full of doubt, it sucks the hope right out of your life. And when it sucks the hope out of your life, you lose a reason for a better future. When it sucks the hope out of your life, see, hope is like oxygen for the soul. And you, you begin to believe there's not going to be a better life for me. There's not going to be a better future. I'm never going to end up in a better place. This is never going to get better. And so for the next few weeks, we want to talk about this. What do you do when you find yourself down and out and full of doubt? What do you do when you find yourself in one of life's bottom of the ninth moments? Now, before we go on, I just want to say this, because this is going to apply to a group of you who are already getting a little fired up in your head as you hear me talk about this, because you're assuming where this is going is for me to say, well, just trust Jesus, and he's going to turn around, and you're going to experience a miracle, but your story is not like that. Your story is, no, 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 I was in a bottom of the ninth, and I didn't have a comeback. I was in a bottom of the ninth, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I did, and I did, and I did, and I obeyed, and I obeyed, and I obeyed. I did everything I was supposed to do. I did all the right things, and I still lost. 
So don't get up there, Matt, and tell me, oh, no, 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 it's all going to work out and God's going to do a miracle. He didn't do a miracle for me. I lost my child. He didn't do a miracle for me. We filed bankruptcy. He didn't do a miracle for me that the marriage ended and we had a divorce. And the thing I would say to you is this. That is actually the experience of some of the people who we read about in Scripture. Every bottom of the ninth moment doesn't end up with a comeback the way we hope it will. But we're going to talk about that in this series. The point of this series is not, oh, God's going to do a miracle and everything's always going to work out. That's not always the case. But even when you lose, even when you lose, there is a way you can respond in the midst of that loss that will bring purpose and meaning to your bottom of the ninth moment. For others of you, you're in a bottom of the ninth where you just might experience the comeback that you hope. But it's going to require you to figure out how to respond to the doubt that's trying to take you out. you got to figure out how to manage and navigate and embrace that doubt in such a way that it doesn't knock you out and it doesn't suck the hope right out of your life. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what do you do with the doubt? What do you do when you're down and out? What do you do when you're feeling all of these emotions and you're not sure where to turn and it seems like everything is about to be lost? What do you do if you lose? And then at the end of this series, we're going to talk about what do you do when you have someone you love who's going through a bottom of the knife moment? How do you provide support for them in such a way that you're an incredible encouragement, that you're a source of God's grace in their life? That's where we're going. But the big idea of the series, the, the one thread that's going to run throughout these next four weeks is a thread of hope. And the hope that you have is simply this. You may be down and out, but you are never out. You may be down and out, but it doesn't matter if you experience the comeback or if you lose. You're never out. Because God loves to take dead ends and turn them into deliverances. God loves to take setbacks and use them as setups for something very, very special in your life. And he will for you, and he will for me, if we will simply cooperate with what he is wanting to do in the middle of our bottom of the ninth moment. So, this week, here's what I want to do. All I want to do is just get us started by talking about how you deal with these moments when you feel down and out, when you feel full of doubt. What do you do with the doubts? Because some of you are wrestling with some powerful doubts right now. You're wrestling with doubts about whether you'll ever have a better future and you'll ever have a better life. You're wrestling with doubts about whether the people who are around you still care about you. Because of everything that's happened, you've begun to question, does anybody care? Does the church care? Does God care? Some of you are here today, and you're giving church one last shot. And you haven't told anybody this. Nobody else knows. They may not even realize you're dealing with struggles and issues. But you're in the middle of a situation right now where you feel like nobody cares, and you have decided, you know what? I'm showing up one last time. I'm going to give God one more chance. I'm going to give the church one more chance. But if something doesn't change, and if I can't sense that they care, then I'm walking out, and I'm never coming back again. And you couldn't have picked a better day to be here, because in the middle of those doubts, there is a powerful, powerful lesson that you and I can learn. And today, we're going to learn it from a guy who experienced the same bottom of the knife moments that all of us do. As a matter of fact, it was an incredibly painful, full of doubt type of moment for him. In Mark's account of Jesus' life, he tells us about a dad who is going through a significant bottom of the ninth moment because it involved the health of his child. And if you've ever dealt with this, if you've ever had a son or a daughter who has serious health problems, you're going to be able to relate and understand exactly what he was thinking about and exactly what he was feeling. 
this father was in the middle of a moment where he had a son who couldn't speak, and on top of that, he was having seizures or convulsions that was risking the life of his own son. And he'd done everything they knew to do. He'd taken him to doctors. You know, he had tried all the stuff in the first century you could do. And this father had come to the conclusion, Mark said, that it must be an evil spirit that's causing all of these health problems in my son. Now, how hopeless do you think that has to feel? When you get to the point that the doctors say there's nothing we can do, the friends and family say we don't know what else to do, and you're at the point where you go, okay, well, there's some evil spirit that's causing this, and I have no control or power over that. There is nothing I can do to help my son who I love so dearly. This is exactly where this dad is. And then he hears about a rabbi who has shown up on the scene there in the first century. And he hears the stories of, oh my goodness, this rabbi, he gave sight to the blind and he gave hearing to the deaf. And this father suddenly begins to get a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of light. And he thinks if that guy can give sight to the blind, if he can give hearing to the deaf, maybe just maybe he can give speech to my son and maybe he can do something about these seizures and so he gathers up his son and he takes him to where Jesus is supposed to be but when he gets there to his disappointment Jesus is nowhere to be found he's left with Peter and uh, James and John and they've gone on a little bit of a trip so all that's there are the other disciples Matthew Andrew Thomas Philip those guys and so this father brings his son to him, and he tells him the whole situation. And he says, okay, well, you're, you're Jesus' disciples. If he can do it, you can do it. Would you just please pray and heal my son? And they try, they try, they try. I don't know what this looked like for them, but they prayed as hard as they could pray. And it was a little embarrassing because they couldn't do anything to help this boy. And just as his father is about to leave, Jesus returns with Peter and James and John. And as they walk up on the scene, as the timing would have it, this son begins to have seizures again, and Jesus sees the entire thing take place. And we're going to pick up right in the middle of the conversation as Jesus sees what this father and his son are going through. Because I love, I love, I love the illustration that he gives us of what it looks like to deal with these bottom-of-the-knife moments when you feel so down and out, when you are so full of doubt. So we'll pick up right in the middle of the conversation. Here's what happens. Jesus asked the boy's father as he sees this son having seizures. He asked the boy's father, well, how long has he been like this? And from childhood, the father answered. In other words, this has been going on a long time. We've been in the bottom of the knife for years now. We've lost all hope. You're, you're the last hope we have. Father goes on and says, it's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. Can you imagine as a father how difficult this must have been over the years for him? And then he says this to Jesus, I love this, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now, I love this because it's a perfect picture of what it looks like to have a mixture of faith and doubt at the exact same time. Here's the dad who's going, okay, I've heard a lot about you, and I'm pretty sure based on all the stories I've heard that you would want to help. I'm pretty sure you're a kind and compassionate person. I don't know a lot about you. But I'm figuring that's true of you. What I don't know is, I just don't know if you have the power to do anything. So if you can, if you can, would you please have compassion on us? If you can, would you please care enough to heal my son? This is such a perfect picture of what it looks like and what so many of us go through. When on one hand we're going, I believe he can, I believe he can. On the other hand, we're going, well, I'm not sure he can. On one hand, we're going, I think he would want to. On the other hand, we're going, I'm not sure he will. Or maybe on one hand we're going, I know he can. On the other hand, I'm just not sure he's going to do it. He finds himself in the middle, just like so many of us do, of these bottom-of-the-knife moments when we are feeling this mixture of faith and doubt. 
And if you're anything like me, you grew up being told, if you're feeling that, if you're holding on to both of those things at the same time, that's wrong. You, ought to, you, you may feel guilty about it. Every time you start to feel doubt, you think, oh, I don't have enough faith. I must be doing something wrong. That's not true at all. I don't know where along the way this father had learned this lesson, or maybe it was just out of desperation he decided to act this way, but this father understood a principle that when you're in the middle of a bottom of the knife moment, it's so important for you and for me to understand and to practice. Here's what he knew and what he demonstrated. That faith isn't the absence of doubt. Faith is moving ahead in spite of doubt. Faith, and by faith all I mean is this. It's not some mystical or spiritual idea. It's just trust and confidence in your heavenly father. That's all faith means. So having faith or confidence and trust in your heavenly father is not the absence of of doubt. In other words, you can have confidence in your heavenly father and still feel doubt at the same time. Doubt isn't an indication of a weak faith in you. Doubt is actually a prerequisite for a great faith in you. you just think about this logically. It is impossible to demonstrate big faith unless in the middle of that moment there's also big doubt. In other words, the presence of doubt is a prerequisite for you to demonstrate faith. Because if there is no doubt and if there is no uncertainty in your situation or circumstance, there is no need for you to trust. There is no need for you to believe. There is no need for you to have confidence in God. It's not necessary. Like You're just certain already. It requires uncertainty for faith to be necessary. So faith isn't the absence of doubt. And if you're in the middle of feeling doubt right now because of your situation and circumstance, that is not an indication that you have a weak faith necessarily. What, what having faith or confidence and trust in your heavenly father looks like is this. It's not the absence of doubt. It is moving ahead in spite of your doubt. In other words, it is doing the next right thing even though you're not absolutely sure. It is saying, you know what? I have so many emotions right now, and I just don't know that this is going to work out. I don't know what's going to take place here. I don't know, I don't know if God's going to come through for me or not, but I'm going to act like he's going to. And so I'm going to forgive in this circumstance, even though I don't know if reconciliation is possible. I'm just going to do the next right thing. And I don't know how I'm going to pay off all of this debt, and I don't know how I'm ever going to get my financial world realigned. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to live on a budget. And I'm going to go ahead and practice generosity like God asked me to practice it. And I'm going to go ahead and limit what I spend on myself. And I'm going to begin to pay on that debt. And I'm going to put a plan together. And I'm going to do everything I can do and trust God to do what only he can do. That's what moving ahead in spite of your doubt looks like. It looks like saying, I don't know if I'll ever break free from this addiction. But I'll tell you what, I'm showing up to the next meeting and then I'm showing up to the next meeting and then I'm showing up to the next meeting and I'm just going to take it a day at a time I don't know if my loved one is ever going to break free of this addiction and come back but here's what I'm going to do I'm going to put some healthy boundaries in place and I'm going to keep loving and I'm going to keep waiting and I'm going to keep encouraging I'm just going to move ahead in spite of my doubt I'm not going to let doubt take me out I'm not going to lose all hope because I'm just going to do what I can do and trust that God just might do what only he can do. That's what this looks like. And that is what this father decided to do. In spite of all of his doubts, in spite of all his questions, he said, you know what? I'm loading up my son. We're going to go find Jesus. 
I don't know what he can do. But I'm not going to let doubt take me out. There's, for this father, think about this. There was no way he could know what Jesus could do unless he went and asked what Jesus would do. And the same is true for you. You will never know unless you go. You will never know unless you go. You will never know what God might want to do in the middle of your bottom of the ninth moment unless you decide you're going to show up and do what you can do. Unless you decide you're going to show up and like this father say, okay, Jesus, I don't know how to work. I'm not even sure if you can or you will. I've got so many doubts, but in spite of that, I'm willing to be here. I'm willing to do the next right thing. I'm willing to move ahead, and I'm willing to see what you are going to do. You'll never know unless you go. And so this father went, and he said, Jesus, I don't know if you can. I'm full of doubt. But if you can, would you do something? And Jesus' response that you're about to see, I I want you to, to read this not assuming a tone of Jesus being critical or condescending because I don't think that's what it was. I don't think he was disappointed in the doubt that this man held. I think this was Jesus looking at him saying, I get it. I understand. And I'm so proud that you were willing to show up even in the middle of your doubt. Here was Jesus' response to the man. He says, if you can, if you can, well, everything is possible for one who believes. In other words, I'm so proud of you. I see all of that doubt. I hear that doubt. I hear that if you can. I I get it. I know you're full of doubt, but I'm so proud of you because you did not let doubt take you out. You decided you were going to move ahead in spite of your doubts and in spite of your fears. And in spite of the fact you're in the middle of a hopeless bottom of the knife situation. And then Jesus looks at him and gives him this encouragement. He says, everything is possible for the one who believes. Now, please don't misunderstand this. Because this has been taught incorrectly at a lot of places over the years. But Jesus did not say everything is promised for the one who believes. This was not Jesus saying, oh, faith is some magic get-out-of-jail-free card. And as long as you have enough faith and you believe uh, hard enough and strong enough and big enough, then, you know, it's, I'm like a genie in a bottle for you. I'll just do whatever you want me to do. You'll always experience a comeback if you just have enough faith. No, no, no. Jesus didn't say everything is promised. He didn't promise that all of your bottom of the ninth moments are going to end with comebacks. But he looks at this man and he says, I just want you to know and understand everything is possible for the one who decides to move ahead in spite of their doubt and believe. Now, why is everything possible, no matter what your bottom of the ninth moment is? It's not possible because of how big your faith is. It's not possible because of how strongly you believe. It's not about the size of your faith. It's about the size of the object of your faith. Everything is possible not because your faith is so big, but because the God in whom you place your faith, he's so big. It's all possible for him. Now, I love the response of this father when he hears this. Here's here's what he says. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, Oh, I, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. This is incredible. This is incredible. Which is it? Which is it? Do you believe or do you not believe? What do you mean, I believe, now help me with my unbelief? No, no. I love the honesty that this father shows. Because even in this moment, he's willing to look at Jesus and say, I get it, I understand. I just want you to know, 
I'm still full of doubt. But I am not going to let doubt take me out. So I believe everything is possible. In spite of all the emotions telling me it's not, in spite of all the fears that I have, in spite of all the history, in spite of all the failed attempts in the past, in spite of the fact that it is totally hopeless in my current situation. Oh, I, I still believe. But I feel all of this, so help me overcome my unbelief. In other words, this was the Father's way of saying, I'm choosing to believe. Jesus, please don't let doubt take me out. Help me overcome my doubt. Some of you, you... You've been there. Some of you, you're there right now, aren't you? you? You have this tension in you. It's a battle. I mean, you don't even know what to do with it because on one hand, you have these moments where you feel like, I think God might, I think he could, and you feel like you have this faith, and then these other moments, you're just overwhelmed by doubt and overwhelmed by unbelief. In those moments, listen, listen, in those moments, here's your responsibility. Here's my responsibility. It is to choose not to let doubt take us out. It is not to hide our doubts, and that maybe is what you've had modeled for you or been taught to you, where you shouldn't be honest and share that with anybody. That's not true. Jesus didn't ask this guy to hide his doubts. He said, I want you to hold them. Don't, don't hide them. Just put them out in the open. Let's just acknowledge that they're there. And then, because this is what faith is, let's move ahead in spite of those doubts. Let's address them. Let's deal with them. And let's be, act as if we were confident that God was with us, even though the doubt is there. So for you, for me, when you find yourself in a bottom of the ninth moment, when you feel down and out and full of doubt, what do you do? What do you do? Well, you start by acknowledging the doubt's there. And you start by saying, no, 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 I, it's here, but I'm not going to let this doubt take me out. Now, I'm not going to buy the lie that I've got no faith in this moment. Because faith isn't the absence of doubt. Faith is moving ahead in spite of my doubt, so I am going to move ahead. I'm going to hold this doubt. I'm not going to hide it. But I'm going to move ahead and trust God anyway. That's what you do. Now, some of you are going, well, okay, Matt, that's good, but that's just, that's so general. Like, I'm, I'm in a situation, I need to know exactly what to do. What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, when you're in the middle of a bottom of the ninth moment and you are overwhelmed by doubt, there are two very specific things you've got to do. Two very practical things you got to do. And next week, in part two of this series, we're going to talk about them. I'm going to share with you not only what they are, but exactly how you can apply it. So I hope you'll come back next week. And I know I'm sending you out today with a lot of questions. I understand that. I know that can be frustrating. I understand that. But I also know this. You can't do the two things you need to do in your bottom of the ninth moment unless you're first willing to acknowledge. I feel so down and out and full of doubt. Until you're willing to hold those doubts instead of hide them, you can never move forward. So here's what I want to leave you with this week. I want to leave you with a little bit of homework. When you leave at all the campuses today, you're going to get a little card. And here's what I want you to do with this card. On one side of it, I want you to write down what your bottom of the ninth moment is that you're in right now. I don't know what that is for you. It may be financial. Just write it down. Whatever it is, write it down specifically. You don't have to show it to anybody else. Just write it down for your own benefit and acknowledge this is a bottom of the ninth moment. We're on the verge of bankruptcy. Or we have so much debt, I don't even see how we're ever going to pay it off. We've got creditors calling. I don't know what to do. I don't have a solution anymore. Maybe for you, it's your marriage. Just write it down. I think we're going to get a divorce. I don't think we're ever going to recover from this. Maybe it's the addiction of 
somebody you love. I don't think they're ever going to break free. I'm not sure we'll ever get our son back, our daughter back again. Maybe it's infertility. Maybe you're about to walk away from faith. You're right on the verge of saying, I'm done with it. I'm done with God. I'm done with church. Giving it all up. Whatever that is, would you have enough honesty with yourself just to write that on one side of the card? And then on the other side of the card is a very simple prayer. It is the prayer of this dad. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Just for the next seven days, put this card somewhere where you're going to see it every single day. And as you think about your bottom of the ninth moment, would you take 10 seconds, and whether you believe it or not, whether you, whether you feel it or not, doesn't matter. Would you just pray this simple prayer? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I don't feel it, but I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing to believe that if you want to, you can. I'm choosing to believe that you've got more for me than what I'm experiencing right now. I'm choosing to believe that you can bring something good out of this bottom of the ninth moment. I'm choosing to belie believe you can redeem this loss in my life. Nothing emotionally feels that way. But I'm going to move past my emotions. My emotions will not be the boss of me. Lord, I believe, even though I'm full of doubt. Now, would you please help my unbelief? Would you just pray that prayer? You have no idea what God might do through you if you were willing to respond that way. Just like the father would have never known what Jesus could do if he didn't pick up his son and show up in spite of his doubts. You will never know unless you go. You will never know what God might do in the middle of your bottom of the ninth unless you choose to say, okay, Lord, I believe. I just hear all my doubts. Just help me overcome my unbelief. You willing to do that? Faith, trust, confidence in your heavenly Father. It's not the absence of doubt. So if you feel doubt, don't feel like you're failing God in some way. You're not. Faith is moving ahead in spite of your doubts. Faith is moving ahead and doing the next right thing as if you were confident God is with you, even though it doesn't feel like he is. So what would it look like for you this week to move ahead? What would it look like for you this week to take the next right step, to do the next right thing? What would it look like to move ahead in spite of your doubt? Maybe the first step for you is simply to pray this prayer. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's pray together. Father, I don't know the bottom of the nice situations that people are facing and dealing with. I just know this. I know they can suck the hope right out of us I know they can leave us going there's, there's no way there's no way we can move forward I know they can leave us questioning whether people care whether the church cares m most deeply and most painfully it can leave us questioning whether you care 
So for those who are in the middle of one of these moments now in some area of their life, would you give them the strength and the courage not to hide those doubts, but just to hold them honestly and openly before you to, to acknowledge, okay, Jesus, here, here's what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm down and out. I am full of doubt. But then also, would you give them the strength and the courage to move ahead in spite of that doubt, the strength and the courage to say just as his father did, okay, Lord, I believe. I'm going to choose to believe. But you're going to have to help me overcome my unbelief. What I know is this, God, we'll never know what you can do unless we go and give you the opportunity and see what you want to do. So help us to take the next step. Help us not to let doubt take us out. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.